If you have a Bible, open it up to Mark 1, verses 40 through 45 is where we'll look today. Mark 1, verses 40 through 45. Ashley prayed and we sang about uh, our love for Jesus. The Bible tells us that we love Jesus because Jesus first loved us. And uh, that is going to be very clear in our passage of Scripture today. I'll, I'll give you the, the, the main point ahead of time. Uh, uh, hopefully you won't stop listening. But uh, this, this is what I want you to know today and to leave with. Jesus loves everybody, even the people who are uh, deemed by society as, as the most unlovable. And I'll put that in quotes. And so uh, if you'll just look with me at Mark 1. I'll start in verse 40. A man with leprosy came to him, him being Jesus. And we'll just stop right there because it's important that you understand leprosy. Uh, leprosy in Bible times it was not the same as what we think of as leprosy today. Uh, it's only been about 150 years ago that modern day leprosy, also known as Hansen's disease, was discovered by a biologist named Hansen. And he said, look, this is the germ that causes this skin disease. And, and so that that's not that old, but leprosy, when you read about it in the Bible, is one of about 70 different skin diseases. If you were to go back to the Old Testament, the law commanded that anybody who had these different types of skin diseases, especially if you looked at Leviticus 13 and 14, chapters 13 and 14, whoever has this, they are to be set apart from society so that they don't make other people unclean. And if you were to go back to the time of, of Jesus... You'd find that, that the religious leaders of the time and the society that, in which he lived had actually added on to these rules that the Old Testament gave. And so not only were the people who had leprosy to be set apart from society, but they were really scorned from society. And they were looked at as having been sinful. And that is why they were given leprosy according to the religious leaders at Jesus' time. And so what you see is that the people with leprosy were not just physically struggling but they were spiritually struggling because the people in their society are looking at them and they're saying you must have sinned specifically we believe that you committed the sin of slander and so the the leper this man and all others would have been scorned from society in a in a in a normal kind of we don't like you way but they also would have been looked down upon spiritually even so much so that they were not allowed to come into according to the law or the people of the time into a worship service to put it in our modern context they weren't allowed to be part of the synagogue and part of the assembly of God's people it was so bad and and this wasn't from the Bible, but this is what society had, had, had said they needed to do. They weren't allowed to be around people, but if they were coming around a corner or something and they might interact with people, they might bump into them, then they were told that they needed to cover their mouth and yell out twice, unclean, unclean. And so not only were they labeled by the world as, as these type of, this type of unlovable people, but they had to declare it themselves and they probably believed it about themselves. And so this man that we're reading about in the story is a guy that, that has been shunned by the society in which he lives. They look at him and they declare that he is a, a sinner who is unclean, who probably is literally disgusting because of this skin disease and who nobody wants to be around and nobody is allowed to touch and people aren't even allowed to interact with. 
And so this guy is, is in a, at a point in his life when he is struggling. Now the other character in this story is a guy named Jesus. Uh, that is the him there, as I mentioned. And Jesus has already, in just a short period of, of ministry, become a rock star of sorts. We, we've seen that, that he's healed a few people. We've seen that people have looked at his teaching in the passage of scripture we looked at last week and they said, man, this guy, he speaks differently than anybody we've ever heard before because he speaks with authority. He even can command the demons and the demons listen to him. And, and so Jesus has gained this following. And when you look at kind of the life of Jesus, if you look at the other stories, I mean, we see in Jesus that his birth is, is foretold thousands of years before he exists. We see that angels talk about his birth and declare it to his parents. We see that, that he's born of a virgin. We see that, that wise men come and celebrate the birth of Jesus. These are kings from other areas. They actually travel to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We see that shepherds fall down and worship Jesus when he's a baby. We we see that Herod kills children because he's worried about the baby Jesus taking over power. We see that when Jesus is, is still a child that he goes into the temple and the religious leaders of the time, the scholars, they love to listen to him because he just has an understanding that they have never seen before. And now Jesus' ministry has started and people from all over the area are coming to him and they're flocking to him because they want to hear him speak and they want to see the miracles that he doing and so Jesus is on the opposite end of, of the leper Jesus is is like this guy that people are being drawn to they want to be around they want to know him they want to be part of, of his inner circle they are becoming his followers and his disciples because he's unlike anything that they have ever seen before so I just want you to notice the contrast up front I mean just let me read this to you again a man with leprosy came to him came to Jesus. Just in the opening phrase, we see something powerful, something that, that should be shocking. The lowest of society, a man who's not allowed to come to people, a man who's not supposed to be in a room with people, who's not supposed to walk up to people, who's supposed to yell out, unclean, unclean, comes up to this guy that is on top of the world that everybody wants to be around, that everybody wants to hear from. And here's what it teaches, I believe, about Jesus. One of two things, maybe both of these are true, but, but at least one of these things. Either this man looks at Jesus and says, you are so powerful and so authoritative and have, have so much ability to heal me that I must take a chance. I have to come to you and I have to see if you are willing to heal me. I have to know because I recognize that you are so powerful that you are my only chance of being healed, of being accepted in society, of ever being loved again. You see, the man might have just looked at Jesus and said, maybe this guy will look at me and he'll scorn me and he'll yell at me and he'll make me feel worse than I already do. But I need to take this chance because this guy is far beyond anything that the world has ever known in power and might. The other option here is to say this about Jesus. This man looked at Jesus and he kind of saw the ministry he was leading and he recognized a compassion and a love in Jesus that made him think, even though the world tells me that I'm no good, that I'm not lovable, that I'm not allowed to come up to them, maybe this guy, 
because of what I've seen and the way he's interacted with other people, the way he has approached his ministry, maybe this guy will be willing to show me compassion and goodness. To be honest with you, as we go through this study uh, that we're doing right now in church and we're talking about why Jesus is worthy of your entire life and why Jesus is worthy of you telling somebody else about, uh, I just think that even if we just read the, the first phrase of one verse, a man with leprosy came to him, we would see that Jesus is worthy of us. Whether it be because of his power and his might or because this guy recognized the compassion and a love with him. The fact that a leper, a guy that had no business in that culture coming up to somebody, comes up to this guy who's the greatest, most influential man ever to live, even according to modern scholars, that he would come up to him and think that he could approach him says so much about Jesus and his worthiness says that Jesus is worthy of your life and worthy of telling others about. But this story gets even better. Just listen to what, what happens next. It's really one of the most beautiful in, in all of Scripture. He comes up to him and he begged him on his knees. And he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's a really powerful scene. And I just I would hope that you could imagine with me. We don't use our imaginations in our in our culture very well anymore. Just imagine what's going on here. There's crowds around Jesus and and people are, are flocking him and they're trying to hear him teach and they want to see what miracle he's going to do next. And here's this leper and he's crawling on his hands and knees to Jesus. And he says these two really, really important things to Jesus. I'll start with the second one. He says, you can make me clean. He looks at Jesus and he understands, for whatever reason, that Jesus has the ability to make him clean. Now, the word clean is very important here. It's not just like physically clean, but they come out of an Old Testament context. And in the Old Testament, there was clean and there was unclean. And basically what that meant is there was people and things that were worthy of the presence of God, that were worthy of being part of the religion. And there were things that weren't. It could be a person or a thing. But if you were unclean, then you weren't just unclean physically like you had dirt on you. You were like unclean in your deepest core. And in the Old Testament, if you were to go back, things that were unclean were fit for fire. And so when leprosy got into a house, they would actually burn down the house so that the unclean thing would not spread. And here's what's, what's crazy about just kind of the concept of clean versus unclean in the world that Jesus lived in, is that unclean things were not just unclean for them in and of themselves, but they actually had the power the negative power, to make everything around them unclean. And so when this guy looks at Jesus and he says, hey, you have the ability to make me clean, he's saying, hey, Jesus, I recognize that you can bring about a change in me. You can make it so that my skin is clean and therefore you can make it so that I am clean. Now what's, what's really just kind of fascinating to me is Jesus hasn't done that much up to this point as far as healing people, as far as the miracles that we know. I mean, we, we're easy to, it's easy for us to look back at Jesus and say, well, well, yeah, of course he had the ability to heal you. I mean, he, he raised people from the dead and he calmed storms and he did all this crazy stuff. And so, of course, but the truth is, up to this point, Jesus has done a couple of cool things. I mean, he cast out demons and he healed a couple of people of feverish symptoms, but he hasn't done anything that we would deem like, 
crazy, you know? And so this guy, just in, in being around Jesus and seeing his ministry, is able to somehow, we don't know why, say, this guy, even though I've lived my whole life maybe unclean or a really long time unclean, this guy right here has the ability to fix all of that. Now the other part is even more telling. It's really just a, it's a concept that I think, I don't know if we would even know it in our society. He says, if you are willing. I mean, he recognizes that Jesus has the power to heal him. But he questions whether or not Jesus wants to heal him. An easier and simpler translation of if you are willing would be, if you want to, I know that you have the power to heal me. Now again, kind of superimposing our, our understanding of the Bible and what we might know about Jesus, it's easy just to look at this guy and go, it's Jesus. I mean, of course he's willing to heal you. I mean, he healed a lot of people. It's Jesus. But for this guy, put yourself in his shoes. He doesn't have people who are willing to talk to him. He doesn't have people who are willing to be around him. He doesn't have people who are willing to touch him, to interact with him. He, he has people who look at him and say, you deserve this. And so when he walks up to Jesus, he, he has to be thinking, I don't know if this guy will heal me. This guy might even believe that this is my fault and I deserve this thing in my life, that I deserve to be unclean, that I created this uncleanness in me through my sin. He, he may not be willing. In fact, I think that this guy, this man with leprosy, is coming up to Jesus on his hands and his knees. And he isn't just thinking, I don't know if this guy is willing, if this guy wants to heal me. He's thinking, I'm not sure this guy wants me to be around. This guy might yell at me and say, look, do you know who I am? I am Jesus. You need to go away. And so this guy says, Jesus, I know that you can heal me. But I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you want to heal me. And here, here's the truth. I think somewhere inside of a lot of people in our world today is that same, same concept. In fact, I know there's conversations that, that I've heard about or had myself where people say, I kind of believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that He is loving. But if He knew what I did, if He knew the stuff that I've done in my past, then there's no way He could really love me. I think there's people, maybe even in our congregation, that say, Jesus can't fully love me because there's this thing about my personality or the way that I think that I don't talk about, that I try to hide from everybody else. And, and if he really knows about whatever it is in me, then there's no way that he can really love me. There's no way he's willing to make me clean spiritually. I think that, that there's some of us who just have experienced so much unlove, like this, this man with leprosy, that when we think about Jesus and who He is, we go, man, my parents don't love me. My dad didn't love me. My friends have been mean to me. They don't tell me that I'm very lovable. The world right now is not telling me that, that I'm very lovable because I don't fit normal or whatever it is. I, there's no way He's going to love me. And I'll tell you the truth about this guy with leprosy. He understands that. I think he 
is the perfect example of that. I just, if, if God knows me, if Jesus knows me, really if He knows everything, then there is no way that He can love me. That He can be willing to make me clean. That He can accept me for who I am. And Jesus' response, I think, is, is one of the most important things we read in all of Scripture. I'll read it all to you and then we'll break it down. It says, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Beginning of verse 41 says Jesus was indignant. There's about a 50-50 split with scholars. Some scholars think that the word that's actually there is a word that um, means compassionate. Jesus felt compassion, uh, that he cared about the man. And then the other half of people uh, say that the word that actually should be there is the word indignant, angry, that he's fired up about it. And either way, I don't think it matters too much because we see something about Jesus that's, that's made very clear in the book of Mark. And that is this, Jesus is a passionate guy. You know, you read some of the other Gospels and, and they talk about what Jesus taught and they talk about what Jesus did. But in the book of Mark, we see that Jesus feels. And, and here, Jesus feels something very passionate well up inside of him. And whether it's anger about the disease and about the fact that this man would have to question whether he was willing, about the fact that that, that bad things happen in the world about the society treating this man so badly, or whether it's compassion where he just looks at this guy and he's like, man, I am sorry that you were in this situation and I understand what you're going through and I know how much you hurt and I deeply care. Either way, what we see about Jesus is that Jesus isn't like, sure, I might heal you. Jesus is passionate about this guy and the situation that he is in. You see, the Jesus that the Bible talks about that is real, is not a Jesus who is unemotional and disconnected. It's a Jesus who passionately cares about the situations that we face, about the lives that we live. It's so easy for our world and even ourselves to go, sure, I believe in Jesus and I think that He probably kind of cares, but He's disconnected and He's not standing in front of me. But what the Bible tells us, and this passage tells us, that Jesus desperately and passionately cares about people. Jesus isn't a guy who just gave a bunch of rules to us, who just came to save the world from their sins. Jesus is a guy who passionately and desperately cares about you and I. He's angry when he sees injustice take place in our lives, and he cares deeply when he sees us hurting. And then what we read next is perhaps even more powerful. Just picture it. He reached out his hand... And he touched the man. And this guy hasn't been touched since sores started to break out on his body. This man has not been interacted with until he, since he got this skin disease. And just think about this moment. Jesus just reaches out his hand. And he touches this man. This man who the world has, has said, you are not lovable. You are not touchable. You are not somebody that we can interact with. And Jesus says, I am passionate about you. I care about you. 
He reaches out his hand and he puts it on the man. We sang this morning about how when we see the grace in Jesus' eyes, we have to respond to that. And I can just picture the grace in Jesus' eyes as he does this. And I can imagine that the man, whether or not he thinks he's going to get healed or whatever it might be, but as soon as Jesus' hand starts to come out to him, I can just imagine that this man just thinks it doesn't matter anymore. Heal me or don't heal me, but when I look at the grace in your eyes, when I see the love that you have for me, it makes everything better. I'll tell you this. We can talk about loving Jesus and we can, we can sing songs about how much we love Him, but we always must remember that the only reason we can love Him is because He has reached out His hand to us. In fact, the Bible tells us that He loves people, you and I, so much that He didn't just reach out His hand to us, but He actually came from heaven to earth to die on a cross for us. You see, Jesus didn't just reach out and touch us. Jesus reached out and said, Look, I love you so passionately that I will give my life for you so that you can be saved from sin, so that you can know how much I love you and you can enter into a relationship with me. And, and in this moment, we see just a, a small picture of the greatness the magnitude of Jesus' love as He reaches out His hand to this man who is unlovable and untouchable. And it's amazing. I mean, I, I just honestly, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, this is Jesus. This is the guy everybody wants to hear. This is the guy everybody wants to be around. I mean, this is, this is God in human form. If anybody should have looked at this guy and said, you're disgusting, it's Jesus. I mean, I'm perfect, man, and you are a sinner and you're not clean. But he reaches out his hand to him. He touches him and then he says, and this is, I think this is about as key a verse, as key of a line as you'll read in the entire Bible. I am willing. I want to. Jesus looks at this guy and he says, Look, man, I want to heal you. And, and here is what you need to know about Jesus and who he is and why he is worthy of your entire life and why he's worthy of telling other people about it. It's because Jesus is looking at you and he is saying, saying every day through his word and through his spirit, I want to heal you. He says, I want to heal you by bringing you into relationship with me. And so will you, please, I want you to give your life to me. I want you to come to salvation. I want to heal you. I want to take away your sin. But on top of that, even for those of you who are Christians every day, Jesus is saying, I believe, hey, I want you to feel love and forgiveness. I want 
you to move past the sins in your life. I want you to have the peace that I offer. I want you to have the joy that I give. I want you to be healed of everything that you struggle with. I want to fix your broken relationships. I want to fix your broken heart. I want to be there for you. I want to have a better, more loving, perfect relationship with you. I want to heal you. I'm telling you, Jesus is worthy of your life and He's worthy of telling other people about because He's looking down even though He is God in human form. He is looking at you and He's saying, I want to. And I think we have so many questions about Jesus. And we think, will He forgive us of this sin? Will He show us love through this? Does He want to make this better? Does He want to help me? Does He interact with me? Does He really care about what I am facing? And Jesus is going, look, I'm passionate about you. And He's reaching out to us and He's saying, I want to. And I know that some of you question and you think, man... Does he want to? And Jesus reaches out to the most unlovable person in their society. I mean, a guy that in their minds has caused himself to be totally unclean and worthy of interaction and touch. And he looks at this guy, and this guy says, I don't know. I don't know if you want to. I know you have the ability to, but I, I mean, I don't know. Do you know, you know who I am? Because it's all over my body. You can see who I am. Do you want to? And Jesus says, yeah, I do want to. I do want to. And then he says, be clean. And in verse 42 again, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. You know, the truth is it wouldn't matter if Jesus was passionate about you and was reaching out to you. And was saying, yeah, I want to, if Jesus didn't have the ability and the power to change your life. But the Bible makes abundantly clear that Jesus is the only one with the power to change your life. The Bible doesn't say that like, hey, Jesus, you know, if you, if you, if you cling to him and you come to him and you, and you give your life to him and if you deem him worthy, then he has a chance to maybe help you out and, and kind of take you to a level. No, it says, look, there is only one person. There's only one name under heaven that has the power to save you, that has the power to make you clean, that has the power to fix you and make your life better, and that is Jesus. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one has a perfect relationship with God, a right relationship with God apart from me. That's what he says. And and here's the thing about Jesus. When you look at Jesus, it's easy to say, oh yeah, sure, you can, whatever. But, But we need to recognize that there is nothing else that has the power to make us clean. There is nothing else that has the ability to fix the hurt and the brokenness in your life. There is nothing else that has the power to bring you into a relationship with God and give you peace and joy and love that is perfect and will not go away telling you Jesus is passionate about you and He's reaching out to you and He wants to make you clean. But the truth is, you need to recognize that Jesus has the power to do those things. And here's the deal. When you look at this passage of Scripture, it is is brilliant because it shows why Jesus is worthy. 
because He passionately cares about you, because He reaches out to you, because He loves you and is willing, and because He has the power to fix things in your life, all things. What happens next is a really interesting ending to the story. It's in verse 43. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So Jesus looks at this guy and Jesus knows that if he becomes too popular, it's going to make it difficult for him to fulfill his mission. It seems really weird, right? Like backwards, Jesus tells us, if you know the Bible, to tell everybody about him. But Jesus says to this guy, hey, until you've been cleansed and offered uh, the sacrifice as a testimony, I don't want you to tell anybody about me. And I think what's happening here is Jesus knows that people will accuse him of not fulfilling the law, that Jesus will uh, be be too popular for his own good because he's come to die for the sins of the world and he knows if he's surrounded by thousands of people who think he's the Messiah and the Savior that he's not going to be very easily put on a cross to die for the sins of humanity. And so Jesus says, look, there's an order to these things and, and I need you to not run around telling everybody about what's happened. Now, here's the, the difficult part for this man with leprosy. The place Jesus tells him to go is like over 30 miles away from where he currently is, right? And so Jesus is telling this guy who's had leprosy for however many years and and has been totally dirty in in the society to, to now go over 30 miles without telling a single soul that he's just been miraculously healed by the one whose name is Jesus. And this is what happens. Uh, it's not really a surprising ending. Instead, he went out and he began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. It's an interesting ending because the guy's disobedient to Jesus. And so it's hard to be like, hey... This is what it should be like. You should go tell everybody about Jesus. But but here, don't 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 catch on to his disobedience. I want you to be obedient to Jesus. But this is this is what I think we need to hear. This man, when he came into the presence of Jesus and he recognized the passion of Jesus and how Jesus reached out and touched him, and when he recognized that Jesus wanted to heal him, when he recognized that Jesus had the power to heal him, he couldn't help but tell everybody. He just couldn't help it. He couldn't go 30 miles. He couldn't travel 30 miles without saying, hey, there's this Jesus guy, and he's awesome, and this is what he did for me. And what's really convicting to me is that Jesus tells us, who call ourselves Christians, to tell everybody about him. Most Christians will never tell anybody about him. And I think it's because we don't recognize the worthiness of Jesus. We don't look at Jesus and remember how passionate and how loving and how gracious and how powerful He truly is. And so we, unlike this man, say, Hey, Jesus, I know you told me. I know you told me to to tell people about you, but I'm not sure you're worthy of that. I mean, they might make fun of me. They might, you know, not respond very well. And, and so we don't tell anybody about him and I think that in this man and in his story what we see is that Jesus is worthy 
I mean, Jesus is worthy of everything you are because he loves you. And I know that almost everybody here in some way, somewhere inside of you, you say, I'm not lovable. Almost every person. And Jesus is looking at you and he's saying, you are lovable. I, I'm reaching out to you. I'm passionate about you. I'm willing to heal you and I'm willing to help you. And, and I have the power to do so. And I think every person here can connect with this man with leprosy and say, somewhere inside of me, if you knew me, I'm not lovable. And Jesus is saying, I love you. And because of that, he is worthy of your entire life. And he is worthy. You see it in this man. He is worthy of telling others about. I just want you to catch on to the fascinating nuance at the end of this. And, and it's just like a, another level of Jesus' worthiness. Notice the very end of this. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. See, when the story begins, there's a man that we call the leper, the man with leprosy. And he is a man that must stay outside of the city in lonely places. He is unable to come into the cities openly. And Jesus looks at this man and says, I love you so much, I'll heal you. And what happens is that Jesus takes on this man's plot in life. It's a little subtle nuance that Mark throws in. But now, instead of the man with leprosy, not being able to go into the cities openly. It's Jesus who must stay outside because the crowds are too big and and he can't get into the cities openly. And what we see in this story is a picture of what happens in, in the Gospels. And that is this. Jesus looks at us. He loves us. He says, I'm willing. I'm reaching out to you. And then what he did for us in order that we could be healed is he said, okay, you are sinners and you are unable to have a perfect relationship with God. You are unable to have eternal life and you are destined for hell. But here's what I'll do. I'll take your situation in life and I will experience hell on a cross. I will die the death that you deserved. I will take because of my love and my passion and my care for you. I will take what you deserve. And what you should experience, I will take that upon myself. You see, when we look at Jesus and we think about how worthy He is of our lives and of telling others about, it isn't just because He he is passionate about us and reaches out to us and, and is willing to save us and make us clean and has the power to do so. It is because all of those things culminate in Him saying, in order to make those things come to fruition, in order for me to make you clean, I will sacrifice myself. Jesus is worthy Because He gave everything for you. He traded places with you. And so He deserves your life. And other people need to know about this. Other people need to know how loving Jesus is. Other people need to know about the sacrifice He made. And so He is worthy of telling other people about. Man, I just just want you to see this. I'm just going to read this story one more time. I just want you to think about the love and the grace for the unlovable in society that Jesus demonstrates in this story. And I'll just end by reading this and saying a prayer to God that that this story will impact and touch your life and, and cause you to give more of yourself to God and cause you to tell more people about Jesus. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. 
Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and he began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Jesus, it's incredible the love that you have for people like me, God. People that that when you count up the sins I, I've committed, God, and and the things that I've done, Lord, I, I'm not lovable. I identify, God, more with the man with leprosy than I do the greatest men in the Bible, God, who who do incredible things, Lord. And, and, I, and yet, Lord, so often, even though you've given me that kind of love, I turn my back on you and I don't live for you. And so often, Lord, I, I don't share you with others who need to know about your amazing love. And I'm sorry for that, Jesus. God, I just pray for us, all of us, God, in this room right now, that you just fill us with your love, Lord. And through the story of this man with leprosy, we would see ourselves. And, and God, we would just be touched by your love. God, somewhere deep, deep in us, Lord, we would just be amazed once again by how much love you have for us who are unlovable. Jesus, I thank you. I do thank you, God, that despite who we are, so dirty, God, so unworthy, Lord, despite all of that, God, you you have loved us perfectly and unconditionally and Lord, I thank you that you're even willing to touch us. I mean, I thank you that you're even willing to come down to this earth and, and be with us as human beings, Lord. And you're willing to just be a part of our lives now. I pray we'd be touched by that love, God. And any person in this room that, that has never accepted the gift, God, that you offer through the cross, I pray that they would accept it now because they would realize, God, that there is no other place to find that kind of love. There is no one else who is worthy of our lives. And Lord, for those of us who have accepted, God, I pray that today you move us forward, Lord. And God, I even now think about the times, Lord, when I have moved forward in my love for you, when I've willingly given you more of my life and my life has been changed. And God, it's never come because I've tried harder or because I just decided I needed to be different. It's always come, God, at points when I've recognized how unbelievably your awesome love is for me, God, despite who I am. And I pray that people in this room right now, including me, God, would 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 be blown away by the love that you have for us, the unlovable. And we would give you more of ourselves. And I pray when we leave here, God, I pray for everybody here that when we leave, God, we would think about the people on those prayer cards that we have written names on. We would think about people that we interact with. And, and God, we would 
remember that that if they don't know you, then they don't know love. And they think they're unlovable somewhere deep inside of their souls. And we, God, would share the love that you have with them, God, and we would deem you worthy of that. Jesus, I pray as we sing these next two songs, that, that through the words of the songs and the music, God, which... I know connects emotionally often, God, that you would just that you would take us to a deeper place of understanding about the love that you have for us, Lord, despite the fact that we don't deserve it. I pray these things, Jesus, because you first loved me, because you were willing to sacrifice and take our place. Amen.